Hi, welcome as we continue our conversation around rootedness. Here at Carlisle Vineyard Church, we have always wanted to be a community who is deeply rooted into Jesus Christ. We believe that when we root our lives into Jesus Christ, that that helps to form our identity um, around him and all of his goodness, that we start to become a little bit more like him, that we long to be disciples or followers of Jesus, to follow who he is and to see that working out into our everyday lives, that that is not something that we just gather around a Sunday. That is not something that we um, contain to ourselves as individuals, but that we believe is a story that we're called to um, as individuals set into community, which is going to be multiplied. And that was Jesus's heart in discipleship. He um, calls us each to be disciples who make other disciples. But we can't do that unless we explore discipleship for ourselves first. And so we're really excited that um, as part of this discipleship process, a journey we might discover uh, what it really looks like to be rooted into Jesus and rooted into community as well that we believe that we are created to be relational that we are not created to do this life by ourselves and that's why there's pain in this season right we were not created to sit by ourselves to be by ourselves we are created for community and so one of our loves and passions has always been at Carla Vineyard to see isolation combated and to see community come about in different ways shapes and forms but as we talked about a couple of weeks ago that doesn't happen as a spectator sport that doesn't happen when we just consume community it only happens when we participate when we join in together when we are for one another when we love one another really well that the one another is really important and so today I just want us to continue this conversation a little bit more around roots uh, gathering around another passage where um, Jesus speaks of roots and helps us to un unpack and understand and gives us some beautiful imagery for us to sit with and for us to, to ponder in our hearts where our roots are at. Um, but I also just want to start this passage a little bit before um, the story, which is of the scattered seed, um, and, and talk about true family as well. Um, and it's a bit of a challenging bit of, of scripture, but as we go on next week to really discover more of the hows of community and dig into to, to why we are so passionate about developing communities, places and spaces, friendships um, in a, a myriad of ways that we would cultivate and commit to those um, and why we see that is so important um, through the eyes of who Jesus is. Um, so first off, I just want us to pray um, and then we're going to gather around Matthew chapters 12 and 13. So here we go. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you are here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and join with us right now. Come increase your presence. Jesus, you're alive you're dynamic, you're with us and you love us so dearly. So come, would you just fall upon us wherever we are right now? Come Lord Jesus and have your way in Jesus name. So guys, I just want us to gather around Matthew chapter 12, starting from verse 46. And then we're gonna go into um, chapter 13 after that. So Matthew is the first book um, of the New Testament in the Bible. If you don't have a Bible at home, a paper copy of the Bible, as a community, we'd love to buy you one. Um, so you can email me, rhoda at carlylevineyard.com, R-H-O-D-A is how you spell my name. Um, 
and we would love to send you a Bible. So that should have given you time to find Matthew 12 verse 46. The true family of Jesus. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers were outside wanting to talk with him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are outside and they want to speak to you. And Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, these are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and went down to the shore where an immense crowd soon gathered. He got into a boat where he sat and taught as the people listened on the shore. He told many stories such as this one. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The plants sprang up quickly, but they soon wilted beneath the hot sun and died because the roots had no nourishment in the shallow soil. Other seeds fell among the thorns that shot up and choked out the tender blades. But some seeds fell on fertile soil and produced a crop that was 30, 60 and even a hundred times as much as he had been planted as had been planted. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came to ask him, why do you always tell stories when you talk to the people? Then he explained to them, you have been permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others have not. To those who are open to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But to those who are not listening, even when they have, what they have will be taken away from them. That is why I tell these stories. Because people see what I do, but they don't really see. They hear what I say, but they don't really hear. And they don't understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, You will hear my words, but you will not understand. You will see what I do but you will not perceive its meaning. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, but their ears and, and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand. But they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I assure you, many prophets and godly people have longed to see and hear what they have, what you have seen and heard, but they could not. Now, here's the explanation of the story I told you about the farmer sowing grain. The seed that fell on the hard path represents those who hear the good news about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches the seed away from their hearts. The rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. At first they get along fine, but they will as soon as they have problems or are persecuted because they believe the word.
The thorny ground represents those who hear and accept the good news, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares of this life and the lure of wealth so no crop is produced. The good soil represents the hearts of those who truly accept God's message and produced a huge harvest, 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Guys, I wanted to intentionally start it where I did. I could have started just with the parable. And to be honest, I did a little um, video first and then I'm like, oh, I, I really missed this, this part because as I reflect, um, for me, that there's power, there's such power in that parable. There's such power when Jesus explains the meaning of that parable. I mean, for some of us, I think that we need to sit with the initial parable as it is and invite Holy Spirit. So just read it once. Invite Holy Spirit to come and reveal to you what he wants to speak to your heart and read it again. Sometimes that's really great to sit with, with Jesus' parables because he helps us to understand and connect with it in different ways. But I love his expl explanation there um, in the, the latter verses that we read out um, and the importance of that. And I just want to touch on that really quickly just now that um, I don't know where you guys would sit um, in the story there or where you would position your life or or how you would um, reflect on where you're at right now and um, I just think that I love the way that the the word um, puts it in the NLT version um, when we think about the thorny ground for example um, where um, we've heard we've accepted the good news but then the message gets drowned out gets crowded out by the things that happen in life, that we don't prioritise our walk and our relationship with Jesus because our focus is elsewhere. Um, and I think that's where we've been trying to get to a little bit. Um, in which areas of your life has has this journey with Jesus been crowded out by other things? Have we reprioritised other things over our relationship with Jesus? And as Jesus followers, like we believe that our first and primary calling is to him himself, for he is calling us to himself, for he's saying, come and set your roots into me and commit to me for a lifetime. And um, and this isn't something that ebbs and flows, that we don't just pick this up when we want it and drop it down when we don't want it. Um, like we talked about last week that any good relationship needs sustenance and next week we're going to talk a little bit about the whole psychology of friendship and how important like even our brains are created to know a uh, friendship on different levels and we're going to dive into that a little bit more but but there needs to be a commitment from our parts that we want to prioritise Jesus, we want to prioritise that our roots would grow down deep into the soil. We don't want his message of good news to be drowned out by the experiences of our lives. We don't want to, to have it crowded out, to to um, just have it as one element of who we are, but that, that we centre ourselves and our lives in the good soil and that from that um, roots can come in beautiful ways. And so we've thought a little bit about um, some practices and rhythms that we can introduce on an individual level potentially or um, set into a smaller community where we can invite others to come and help us along the journey to, to keep going, to, to spur each other on, to champion each other in our relationships with Jesus. But what I really um, am intrigued about, and this is a passage that I come back to, and to, to be honest, it's it's a bit of conflict, isn't it? What Jesus says in that in chapter twelve around his family, like that's pretty offensive. 
is pretty offensive for Jesus to say, who are my mother? Who are my brothers? And does that, like when I think about who Jesus is, so he spent 30 years at home. He spent 30 years around his mother and his brothers. And he spent time with these guys. And, and from what we know of Jesus, he is not saying um, that he doesn't love his mother and brothers, that he doesn't love who they are. But what he is saying is that when we set ourselves into the kingdom of God, all of a sudden our family gets extended. That we get welcomed into this place of extended family. That our earthly family um, like, is, is one portion of the, the family that we get to find in the kingdom of God. That all of a sudden that we gain many brothers and sisters. And throughout our journey as Carlisle Vineyard, we have longed to press into this value of kingdom family. That, um, that we get to be set into family. I love in the Bible when it talks about those who don't have family get to find family in him. Like the orphans and the widows, they get to be set into families. Um, I love that, that, that our household here, that we get to invite others, that we extend our temples to invite others to physically be part of our family. But then also that we can live lives which um, extend the boundaries of family. I love that actually in the Greek understanding of oikos, which is household, that that included so many more people than just the confines of your family. And I think this is something for us to explore in Carlisle. We are quite a self-contained people here in Carlisle and there's real benefits of that. But there's also some struggles there too. When I first moved here to Carlisle, I found it hard to get to know people who were from Carlisle because family was really important and the confines of family meant that me as a foreigner coming in found it really hard to come and sort of break in, I guess, into community. But when we're set into kingdom family, this looks like the boundaries get to be opened up so that we can invite others in and others to, towards that we can all benefit from this sense of being family together, of being community together. And so I think that's what Jesus was really getting at. But what I'd love about the kind of family and um, community, because I know that family is not a, um, a positive word for all of us, um, but when we get set into community, that he invites community, um, which discusses, um, which wrestles together, which is able to ask questions of each other, which is doing a deeper journey. They are growing more rooted as community. I wonder, you guys, what would this passage have looked like without the question from the disciples? So I don't know about you, but I can ask questions of people when I know that I have relationship with them. I can ask vulnerable questions or questions that I'm not too sure of what's going on when I know, when I have a level of trust in relationship. I've been in other contexts when there's been questions asked which have not been been from kindness, that they've been from criticism, that they've, that they've brought about a, um, a sense in the room which has shut down rather than opened up. But I love that the disciples are able to ask curious questions of Jesus. And I wonder, you guys, if they hadn't asked that, would the second half of this story have, have been written? You know, if, if, if the disciples didn't have that degree and level of curiosity, of trust, of wanting to build on what they already understood, of participating in the story, of not just taking what they hear and just saying, yeah, that's, that's fine, thank you but actually inquiring of it and, and asking great questions along the way. 
And to that, Jesus is able to open up explanation. He's able to open up understanding and, and to do um, to ask some questions back as well and to, to bring about some uh, further thoughts for them. And we see this throughout the whole uh, of the New Testament narrative. We see this interaction, these, these questions that are asked. You know, for, um, for true community to come about, we need to have this dynamic um, nature. We need to have, um, like, to be inquisitive of each other. To, but the core and the root of that is love. So, so Jesus, at the core and the root of who he is, is love. The disciples know this. They know that they're not always going to have an easy conversation with Jesus, but they know that his motive and intention is love. And so for us to become more rooted in community, I just wonder if we need to check our love dials. I just wonder if we need to check our motivation as we come towards other humans. What's our motivation as we journey with each other? What's our motivation as we say? Because I, I wonder if we were to assess that how many times we fall to a place of fear instead of love. And, and that's one of the core principles and qualities of being able to be rooted in him is that we're not rooted into places of fear, but into places of love, places and spaces of, of genuinely being interested, of being curious, of being able to journey the journey, of being able to spend the time as well. So next week we are gonna we are gonna do a little bit of a, a little bit of a scientific study as well about time and time spent. Um, but I just would love for you to do a couple of things this week to think about what are the questions that you ask of the Father. What are some of the questions that open up the door to so much more understanding? What are some of the questions that you ask of each other to help understanding, to promote understanding, to promote love? And how are you helping to multiply an atmosphere where, where, where heaven is our home, but, but where, um, where the kingdom is our family? How are you leaning into that just now? How are you developing it and cultivating that? And finally, just as you marinate yourself in that verse, where, um, that parable, sorry, where, where, where are your roots headed to? Where are they going? I know I asked that last week, but I think it's an important question for us to ponder. And this parable gives us a good framework to be able to discover and to be able to come before the Father's feet afresh and ask him afresh. So guys, it's just, a, again, another little ditty in the conversation, but I'm excited about what he wants to do with us as community uh, moving forward and uh, the ways that he wants to shape and form us and our city and beyond as a result of this. So bless you tons. <laughs>